Hello and welcome back to OP is OP, the podcast where we go through the One Piece universe front to back. I, as always, am the super veteran and dumpling sniper, Justin, joined by my co-host and super rookie, Page Two, also known as Jacob. I fucking love dump- Dumpling Sniper. I'm sorry. Thank <laughs> yeah, you. I couldn't hold in the laughter. Hello, everybody, and welcome back. Uh, this is going to be part two of Wano Act 3. This section, we are covering pages 975 to about chapter 1000-ish with an asterisk because we're basically going to try and get to 1000, focus on key points, and then next part, because there's going to be another part, obviously, uh, we're going to start at 1000 as well. Um... If you guys, obviously, we've all read Wano Act 3. If you if you haven't read Wano Act 3 and you're listening to this episode, what are you doing? Read, read the chapters and then Please. pause the podcast and then, you know, keep us on keep us on hold. Read the chapters, catch up, and then come back and listen to us. You'll understand that this is so fucking dense with plot, with developments, with uh, rising action, with movement, like pieces being moved around in place. That we're actually going to go with what we did back at Punk Hazard or Dress Rosa episodes, where we're honestly going to go away from the step by step, then key points. We're going to focus on just the key points because holy shit, there's so much in this part alone. So much. We don't want to get bogged down basically in a play by play when there's it'll be it'll be way too long. As as much as we want to, but at the the truth is just. I mean, it's awesome. There's awesome stuff happening. That's undeniable. (laughs) But no one's going to want to stick around for us rambling four and a half hours about how that one beast pirate in the background looked really silly, how they are fused with the gorilla in the background, but how funny it was at the same time. Like, I would love to go on about that, but we got to focus on key parts because, hey, we got to talk about the juicy bits. Because after all, these chapters introduce a couple of new characters one in particular we're probably going to focus on like what half the episode maybe a third of the episode and probably yeah probably so we'll try and go chronological order as best we can but we're not going to have our usual step by step where it's like and then momonosuke gets kidnapped and then the scabbards are we're not going to do that we're going to focus on the key parts um which man so I- momonosuke's moment mm. <laughs> which means momonosuke's <laughs> moment so awesome. the key point yeah so the first key point of this section of Wano is Momonosuke and the kidnapping, the failure to escape, but then ultimately the development that's been like, what, 300 chapters in the making of like this little like perverted ink, like this perverted imping where he's just like a little bit of a coward. He's unsure what to do, but he he's telling himself he has to do it. But you can tell he's, you know, he's eight years old. He's 10 years old. He's a little kid. He's, you know, he's unsure. But then he has shows off to have like the biggest set of balls of anyone in the series. He's, when, he's got a coming-of-age plot going on, whether he wants to it or not, but he shows up to the park, right? He shows up to bat, and he gets a fucking home yeah. run when he's literally kidnapped by the traitor, um, what's his name? Conjuro. Conjuro. Um, he's kidnapped. He's taken to Orochi. Orochi's like, no, we need to have a public execution because we need to finish this once and for all. Um, Kaido goes along. <laughs> he tie up a little boy beaten and bruised because he tried to escape a few times and he's crucified he's hanging there and then kaido repeats the question that we didn't cover unfortunately last episode i do apologize about this or wait was it last episode that we saw this yeah part? at the very end of the odin flashback okay yeah we did not cover this. i episode. think it's more relevant now so you know that is true yeah. here. so so just so in post justin just go ahead and cut that part we completely <laughs> planned this to be discussed this episode where kaido pops the question to momonosuke like who are you right and i think he flubs right he's too cowardly or he's too scared to really say yeah the first time in well what was it for momonosuke like uh two months ago or so yeah the first time he can't say anything he's just like he starts crying and i think he starts calling out for his dad yeah and i think i'm being a little too harsh even right now because i've said he was acting cowardly i'm gonna be the first one to admit it, I would act so much worse than Momo Nosuke. I would be shitting in my pants. I pissing. I would say it's it's not like especially especially exactly <laughs> not especially cowardly. He's eight. That's how I would expect yeah. him to act in that scenario. I think it's it's think the second w- time you go. Oh, Momo, you're dope. <laughs> you're dope. For yeah, that exactly. One. Where he's in an even worse spot than before because he is in the middle, surrounded by the enemy, right? In what 
what he feels like, oh, am I going to be rescued or am I done here, right? What's my goal here? But Kaido has him tied up and threatening him again, going, I'm going to repeat you the same question, boy. What is your name? But then Momonosuke just fucking pulls a Luffy after his experiences, right? He gets the brass balls I we never knew he had and goes, I am Kazuki Momonosuke, the man who will be Shogun of Wano, right to his fucking face. That, that is just like, Awesome. <laughs> it was a really great moment for Momo. Yeah, it was a great way to just reverse that uh, characterization because even at the beginning of Wano, I didn't feel that strongly for Momonosuke. I honestly didn't. He was just the... Even though know, he's the... been with us for how long now? Yeah, but if anything, of all the scabbards, of all the samurai, I felt more for Kinemon than I did for Momonosuke. Just for like, okay, because Kinemon's the one like you know with the plan. He's the one like trying to get things in motion. Momo felt like he was along for the ride, but he was destined to rule kind of thing. Yeah, he, he was hardly even on my radar in, until Zoe. Yeah, because it was the lack of agency, I want to say, where that's why he just didn't stand out for me. And then this one, he shows his agency. He just shows his dedication that I am here. I am committed. I'm going to be this thing. Even if it's, this cause causes me to die right here and now, because I think he still ends up, you know, crying in fear after he set, states it, but he says what he, you know, he's destined to lead what destined to do so definitely complete 180 on momo's character i mean he's still a perverted imp but at least he has is momo the best i mean i think it's kind of undebatable he's the best kid character in the series right i mean after we went through all the movies as well i think he's the best uh, <laughs> the movie character. kids are are such a bad comparison <laughs> <laughs> i hate those little fuckers yeah there was one kid character that was okay everyone else was just bleh. Um. Oh, the uh, the other little kid in Wano, the one that has the the ability to make animals obey her. Uh, Kama? oh, Tama, Tama. There's uh, also Otoko, the the ramen eating girl. I guess who is the daughter. Hmm. Yeah. So Tama would be another second one, but she more like moved the plot along and had the connection with Luffy. But Momo was like the character, with, like actual agency that had like again like low starting point to like okay you're still we'll have to do that as its own episode at some point because i see a lot of kid characters and they're not the main series kids are much better than the movie kids i will say that yeah the movie kids were mainly written by you know toei animation and not oda so it's the the quality wasn't gonna quite be there but like i said movie force kid character was at least decent i know you didn't like her still but i did at least compared to the previous one right um but yeah momonosuke Definitely, like, came out as, like, a top-tier child character after that one moment where he stood up to the fucking Emperor of the Sea. So, props to Momo for that. Um, going to the next key point, which is at the beginning of this part, I guess it's actually shorter than I planned on it, but we have to mention it here, is Jimbei's clutch save and his actual final Which clutch introduction. save? <laughs> Which one? I think um, a little more specific. <laughs> so there was an artillery galleon firing from far range at the samurai fleet after all the ships got together, and you just hear like, oh, like spear wave or something. And it just sinks the ship, and then Jimmy goes, "Sorry for the delay, but all my, you know, my guys were hurt, but you know, I'm here." And I'm oh yeah, literally when he shows up. Yeah, literally, and that's what a great return. Yeah, four hundred fucking chapters. We finally get this straw hat. Onto the crew. Finally. Let's go. God. Type. Fucking. It was getting so bad where I was forgetting Jim Bay's name a little bit. Because I'm thinking like, Jimmy <laughs> who's Bay? The Bay Jim? What's it? Bay Bay? I don't. I forget his name. But finally he joins the Straw Hats. And it's so, and it kind of sucks. It's great too. to finally be able to put this to rest. Honestly. Finally. I am so sick of the people that are, were debating whether he was going to die and not make it back or whether, you know, all this crap. It's over now and he's one of the crew. <laughs> I'm so happy. And the, everyone I think is. Cue uh, Justin eating his words when the next arc has Jinbei tragically dying to save the Straw Hat. <laughs> he has to leave again. <laughs> <laughs> the on- no, no, I'm just saying the honorable sacrifice where he's like, no, he's a Straw Hat. Four fifty chapters, and then he's dead. That <laughs> Is suck. before that happens. Oda, please don't do that. No that's a way. Joke. No please way. Don't. Oda, if you're listening to this podcast, that's a joke. Please don't do that. Please, Jimbei. I'm gonna knock to... on wood just in case, even though I'm pretty sure there's that's not happening. <laughs> Jimbei needs to be there when the Fishman Island prophecy comes true, which we'll probably get more into the next part or the two parts from now. But 
yeah, Jinbei needs to be there for that. Um, I, yeah, 400 chapters in the making. Oh, the part I was going to say that sucked, however, was every Straw Hat gets, like, an official, like, inauguration, like a welcome celebration. Their celebration was cut short because, hey, we're in the middle of a raid, right? We're in the middle of our war. We can't celebrate just yet. They were literally getting but the drinks out. in exchange for that, you get pretty much the best welcome party yet, which is also going to be the party to celebrate us taking down Kaido. Yeah, but... We gotta put that on hold for now, unfortunately. But you have to wait, because we have to go take down Kaido. <laughs> yeah, that, that's part of that sucks, though, because usually, like, the Straw Hat's introductions are, except for Robin's, are very, are typically formulaic, right? They have their, their arc, and then at the end of the arc, there's, like, some type of celebration or, like, confirmation the where they're happy to be there, right? In this case, it's Jinbei in the middle of Wano, and they can't even have drinks to celebrate or even a moment of pause because it's in the middle of the rising action. <laughs> so I'm going to do a quick acknowledgement that that scene in the anime is really cool. How it shouts out the old scene. Right. So we, I don't want to get too distracted by the anime adaptation a, of Just a Wano, quick addendum. I must but, acknowledge it because everyone's going to be like, oh, have you seen it in the anime? Yes, we saw it. It's, it's great. Uh, you have. I haven't. I've seen clips. What? But I'll send it to you. I've seen clips. I've seen all the clips that you've sent me. And one episode. But what I was going to uh, continue with uh, is I'm pretty sure Wano is when Toei got their shit together finally for One Piece, right? Their pacing, their animation. I guess the pacing is still a little Whole, slow. Whole Cake was, was on the come up for, for the important parts, I'd say. I guess I maybe that was like the learning curve because I feel like Wano was definitely the one where it's like, no, they're definitely batting yeah. at 100. They're, ba- they're batting at... What's what, what, what my baseball analogies today? Jesus Christ. <laughs> I hate baseball. Um, I guess it's... I don't know. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so I've seen the clips from... Oh, is this the clip I saw, too, where... Was it Law, as well, where they're fighting with that 360 rotating camera shot around the ship mast, I think? Oh, uh, yes. Lucy? Was it these episodes, too? Like, around this part, too? Yeah, it's or... in the intro when they're sailing Donigashima. God damn it. Yeah, so the clips I have seen, yeah, Wano Toei is going like full force where they just are not holding back on quality when the moment like needs it the most. And we'll mention it when we get there as well. But there's a particular episode, the only episode of One Piece I've watched in full before I watched the G8 arc. Um, that one episode in particular, like uh, episode 1015, did. That characterization is so one, fucking good. If you the will. big one, yeah. We'll get there when we get there. And if you know 1015, you know 1015. If you haven't, then I guess you're not a One Piece fan. I don't know. <laughs> Coming from a manga-only reader. <laughs> the insult. Um, but yeah, we're finally fucking happy that Jinbei, our helmsman, is finally a part of the Straw Hats. And boy, he is entertaining as fuck. It's also great seeing his reactions because he's just like, he he almost feels like the other boomer of the crew. Because you know how Brooke is like so old that he's out of touch? Mm-hmm. Jinbei is like the guy who's just like watching the Straw Hats and their antics and just going, oh, you kids are so funny. So energetic. I'm <laughs> glad to be here. Yeah. Right. He's the happy boomer, right? Where he's just like, I'm just happy to be here, man. You guys are great. He did that in Whole Cake Island as well, remember? Where he's like uh, helming the ship for the first time. And he sees, I think it was uh, Nami and Brooke and Chopper like in a dispute against one another. And then Jinbei's just laughing the whole time. It was a great moment. And then he still does that here. <laughs> where um, Brooke takes uh, Robin's seat in uh, Frankie's motorcycle. And then Jinbei just goes. You guys are so lively. It's great. I'm so happy to be here. I'm just like, I'm happy you're here too, man. <laughs> yeah, so it really is great to have him. God damn, I'm so happy. Um, small bulletin point. We mentioned it in the pre-recording, but Onigashima, we get our first like wide panel shot of not the flower capital, but we get to see like of the battlefield, essentially. And it is probably the most pirate looking location we've seen so far in One Piece, where you have the giant horned skull, right? That's like right, the natural rock formation. It really doesn't look like formation. just a, a cave from the outside, at least. It looks like a big old yeah. cave full of just pirate booty and love. Yep. And then it's spiced up with a little bit of Japanese-inspired architecture where you have, like, the shrines, you have yeah, the monuments. Yeah, really nice on the inside. Yeah, and the, also on... <laughs> there's also a giant fucking sword that's just there on the right side of the panel I'm thinking of. And I'm thinking, I really thought fuck? someone was going to use that. Yeah, that's. <laughs> I thought Kid I'm... was going to use that. 
kid uh somehow zoro or i don't know some random ass fucking cameo from with raiden from metal gear revengeance where he just wields the sword with the cyborg powers that would have made sense he's even when luffy got big I, i'm pretty sure i said to you didn't i like he's about to grab that sword i thought someone was gonna use that sword he's gonna give kaido a bigger scar than odin didn't happen unfortunately it was just a set piece unfortunately i'm just like Man, slight disappointment. Slight disappointment. Then again, Wano, to this date, as of uh, July 9th on recording, it's not finished yet, so I don't know, maybe in the next 5-10 chapters he could still, on some poor unfortunate soul. Who knows? But yeah, Onigashima, like, definitely the most part-looking place so far. Um, Real quick, on the drip check, I guess, we had a quick appearance of the Beast Pirate's wardrobe. I, I had to mention the drip check, because we've been doing drip checks every episode for the movie yeah at, at least it's easy because they're all wearing the same thing <laughs> it's yeah so that's that's the downside with this bulletin point is yeah all the all the ladies are basically wearing lingerie with a cape all the guys are wearing lingerie that's with pants and a belt and a cape with horns they're all wearing horns but some of them looked a lot better than others right like luffy looked kind of bland but jim bay looked fantastic nami and robin looked fantastic obviously um Dendro and captain kid actually looked good too um any other honorable mentions you want to mention? Because they look no, particularly that, good. That's pretty much it. <laughs> Robin, right, Robin. <laughs> Listen, most of them were just kind of like a 6 out of 10, 5 out of 10, because, hey, sometimes characters don't look good in but the fake we're But if we're going to do the entire drip check now, then I do have to say that uh, the Luffy's look in Chapter 1000 is is peak. Yeah, is peak. I, was th- I was thinking <laughs> drip check for the Beast Pirates, but yeah, that look. Especially in the anime, holy with the, like, fuck. Yeah, with the overcoat <laughs> and everything, like, my god. Luffy was designed to have that overcoat. Yeah, it, it reminded me a little bit of uh, the Strong World movie, where Luffy made that entrance yeah. right through the smoke. And I'm just like, okay, holy shit, that's a good look. This one, though, it was actually appropriate for a pirate look and not, like, just a business Yakuza look. It's like, no, this is, he's here as a fucking captain. He's here to talk some business with his fists. So, that was a quick drip check, but yeah, Luffy on the roof, definitely the best one. Uh, we get introduced to, so we have the Beast Pirates, right? We had King, Queen, and Jack. And I guess we're also introduced now to, I guess, the officers the next rank below, right? Dude, Jack really didn't do shit during this raid. Yeah, those 25 chapters that we're covering right now, he was not in here at all. I did not see him anywhere. It's like, where was he? <laughs> I feel like if you're, you know, as an underling or the top, he's one of the top three. I'd be asking, like, where the fuck is this guy? Listen, you get bitch slapped by a kaiju's elephant trunk, okay? You have a right to rest it out, okay? I think <laughs> he deserves a rest if he gets bitch slapped yeah, by his Yeah, because I remember he just kind of randomly shows up later and then almost immediately gets clapped. Yeah. But once I- again. <laughs> Yeah, I definitely see your point too. Because yeah, he's supposed to be like number three of the of the captains, and then he's he just... he was such an interesting character. How he he played out almost on a meta level because his mm-hmm. bounty was so ridiculously high on reveal. That was the first over a thousand. Oh, sorry, over was a he billion. the first over a billion? Yeah. yeah, the first over a billion. And he ended up being just such a nothing <laughs> villain and character. Yeah, and then there was the moment, too, where it's like, oh, by the way, he's a fish man. That's why he survived being drowned. And it, so and we can have it wasn't him. relevant at all. It wasn't, yeah. Speaking of not You'd relevant. Think maybe he'd have, like, a history with Jinbei or something. <laughs> like, that was going to come up, but no. Yeah. Nothing. <laughs> Let me try that again. Speaking of irrelevant, we'll go back to the Toy Raw because we're not <laughs> talking about them. Uh, speaking of irrelevant, the numbers. The the buildup that kind of yeah. had the last act of like these giants, right? I kind of these. expected them to suck. To be totally honest, I didn't expect them to suck. I Every time it's a, like a, a big giant, I just think they're they're there to show off how you know make Luffy look cool, like give him a cool punch. Yeah, but I was thinking at least one of the numbers would have like some dialogue or a name so that we can get like a tease to Elbaf in some way. Then again, Honestly, I know unfortunately, they're... I even feel that way about actual giants. Yeah. Which I feel like they yeah. they need to I feel like I need to see some stronger giants, which is is weird to say, obviously. Mm-hmm. But right when you once you reach a certain point, I think the giants kind of just become irrelevant. It feels they so, be, they're, obviously yeah, they're, it's not it's not an issue for for here, but yeah, I think the strongest giant we've seen so far was the one at Dressrosa, right? The one that's in the Straw Hat fleet now. Uh, Hostridan? No way, dude. He got well. He got one shot by Luffy. Like, just casually. So, who's the strongest one, then? Ors? Or his brother? 
But that's pre-time skip. I feel like Dory and Brokey were both stronger, even though it was way back. Right, I'm pretty sure they were using some advanced hockey when they blew through that goldfish. I don't know. I know they were tired, but one of them kind of gotten strangled or held down by Mr. Three pre-time skip. <laughs> that's true. So, yeah, so I guess we'll get our answer better when Elbath finally occurs, because we got to get to Elbath, right? That's, that's a name that's been dropped a few times in the One Piece lore. Not a, not nearly as much as Wano, obviously, but I feel like that's going to be the next big thing, probably. But again, we'll see. But yeah, we'll probably see more Giants going forward. But I Actually, personally no, am anticipating a detour. We'll talk about that probably I, in the next Wano episode, right? The post-Wano. Next part? No, the final part, not probably. next episode. Yeah, the, like the post, the wrap-up. Yeah. So hopefully the next episode. We'll see. Um, That's the goal, anyway. <laughs> we want to keep this a three-parter. We don't want to go any further than three parts, but... It's Wano, so it's going to be quite a bit. Um, oh, I'm remembering it, Aslo. The numbers are not actual, I guess, real in quote giants. They're failed experiments from Punk Hazard. So I guess they wouldn't have any real dialogue, I guess. They're, you know, experiments. So I guess that's why I didn't get what I wanted. So going back to the Toy Rapo, um, the next officers in line. Um, of the officers, anyone that sticks out the most? Because I had a... Ulti in page one. Yeah, okay. We're on a remote on that. Just okay. because their <laughs> dynamic with each other is memorable and it makes them likable. The others are all pretty forgettable. Uh well, X Drake, we know him from before, right? So I guess oh, he's yeah, like an exception. Yeah, Drake is the yeah. exception. I, I, he doesn't really count. Um I completely forgot about who's who and Sasaki. I had to do a double take and I've got to go, who are these? And Which I went, is unfortunate. It is unfortunate, because I remember Sasaki as, oh, in the anime, there was that really awesome Sakuga scene where he's charging at General Frankie, and they had that awesome POV shot, if you were on the horn of uh, Sasaki, right? So it looks like the horn is going through the robot into Frankie's eye to give you that fake out that, oh, Frankie just got killed, but it didn't happen. But it was like like a 30-second action shot in the anime. It was so well animated. It stuck out for me. But that's my only recollection of Sasaki. I I didn't even know his name. I just knew him as... The, that dinosaur guy. Yeah, he was a, a fine opponent, I guess. I guess. But that's but when you're at this point with all these characters, right, you need to stand out more. Like what you said, like Ulti in page one. They had like a brother-sister yeah. chemistry. Ultimately, he kind of reminds me of like Kumadori from Eni's Lobby. The guy that uh, Chopper and F- kind of Frankie fought briefly. Uh, Yeah, a little bit. Well, Chopper little beat bit. him, but you know, Frankie was fighting him. Yeah, a little bit. I could see that. Um... Black Maria is also somewhat memorable just because she actually gets the edge over Sanji. We'll go into more detail. Yeah, she, next she's like that. pretty good as well. Yeah, and also just because she's giant, so that's also makes her memorable. Who's who? And again, Extrick was just there because he's. We already know who's it's, there. It's kind of. I guess it's kind of down the middle, actually. A little bit. Um. But yeah. Going expanding on Ulti and Page One, I really do also feel like they were most memorable because they also had the most screen time, right? Because Ulti. True had, like, the most expression, like, she was the most opinionated of the group, right? Whenever there was the plan going on of, like, Well, oh, she's then... like, ooh, look at hot girl as well. That pretty yeah. arc, that Oda drew. <laughs> yeah, definitely, where it's just like, I'm gonna put extra effort into this character. <laughs> to make, Even though you're not gonna see any mouth expressions at all, because she has the, uh, the mask or, like, the face covering. I'm not sure what exactly that is. But Me she's going to have, like, these very big, angry eyes. And I think she has, like, very bright blue and pink hair yeah. in, when it's colored. So, and you can almost tell that, too, in the manga because you see the shades in her hair. So it's definitely the most memorable. And plus, when she attacks, it's the most, like, <laughs> metal thing. She headbutts. <laughs> so it's... it's yeah, she, she so has enough about her that makes her stand out and that makes her memorable. I think she's one of the more... One of the better, like, henchmen. So far yeah. in the new world, right? Definitely. I, I definitely agree with that. Of all the side characters, the henchmen, the enemies that you temporarily fight, she's definitely the most memorable one. Because page one, to me, is nothing without Ulti. Whereas I think Ulti could stand out without page one. But at the same time, she's better because of page one. Much better. So, yeah. Agreed. So, yeah, so it works out. So Ulti, definitely the, the most memorable. Of the and she Rapo. makes page one better as well, because I didn't give a shit about him until Ulti was introduced. Yeah, that's where I was getting at. Yeah, where I'm just like, honestly, if it wasn't for Ulti, I would know page one would be like even less than who's who. But because Ulti is there, page one is one of the better ones, right? Because he he bounces off so well with Ulti. Um, let's see, we'll skip that bullet point, bullet point for the end. Uh, 
the entire chaos of like the raid once it kicks in the high gear, right? You get that scene where Momonosuke declares he wants to be the shogun, right? And the scabbards act, right? They go to rescue Momo. They tackle Kaido off the rooftop. And then everyone realizes that's so dope, dude. It, that yeah, that so double cool. that double panel of Kaido being attacked. And then the next chapter where he feels the pain of his old scar. And then they're just falling. And it's just like, yeah, this the war is going on. And I think it's later on in that chapter where Luffy makes that official declaration his own way. Where it's like, yeah, I'm here to kick all your butts. This is an all-out war, right? Like, he straight up says, we're not stopping. Like, this is going to end one way or the other. It ends right here, right now. So, we're going to... Is gonna... now the time when you want to kind of talk about the Scabbards? How do you feel about them? So Okay, we'll go to the Scabbards then. Um... It goes into the problem that there are just way too many characters in this arc. We'll definitely express more about this in the next part when we talk about the the pros and cons of the arc as a whole. Um, there are so many characters that even when it's at the beginning of Wano or like in Zhao, right? The Zhao arc, we're learning about all these, uh, the samurai, the ninja. I couldn't really remember who's who. The only ones that really stick out are... The main one, Kinemon, right? He has the most agency. He's the one that has the most directly involved. We hear his thoughts the most. Mm-hmm. Then, what's his name? Kappa? The frog? Kawamatsu. Kawamatsu. I call him Kappa. He is Kappa. <laughs> yeah. Um, this is the part where we, if we were live on Twitch, I'd go, can I get a Kappa in chat? Um, I remember him only because he's the frog, right? He has a unique design, unique silhouette. Uh, I thought his story was... One of the better ones. His connection with Hiori, right? Because I feel like, yeah, Kiku is kind of just along for the ride, honestly. Izo as well yeah. feels that way to me in some ways. He just kind of came back and he's along for the ride. Yeah. As much as I love him appearing and, you know, being here. Yeah. Awesome appearance. So Kinemon, Ashura Doji, and Kawamatsu and Denjiro are the, the only four, I think, that I felt really had storylines that fit in where the others are kind of just here mm. yeah so they definitely fit in but again my problem is there's so many different ones my brain only has like the capacity to care for my main straw hats right the main new star yeah, it's like a whole second interest. crew yeah so then i have to go okay so which of these do i like i love kinemon right he definitely he, he was like momo for me where he had he was a slow build-up but i eventually did really start there's to like also him. there's a little bit of problem with cohesion in the group hike because oh, it's hard also a little bit to, to associate uh, Neko and Inu with them because they were introduced individually before. Or separate. Same thing with uh, Denjiro. He was just kind of separate the whole time until he got his flashback. And then he comes in, in the, in the, you know, during the invasion. And then they're like, oh, you're here. Welcome back. And then he's there. Which, know? that's not like a detriment. And I, yeah, but I like yeah, them. So I like the scabbards. I don't love the scabbards. Yeah, it's, it's not the characters being bad it's the narrative use of how they're i think kawamatsu is one of my more enjoyed ones though which one kawamatsu makappa right (laughs) the one the yeah the frog um i want to say of all the silhouettes of the the character designs i want to say kiku was the most memorable because she was the one that was in full-on samurai armor Well, she looks the coolest when they're going in a fight because she has a badass mask. Yeah, she has the mask. She has the full armor. So yeah, she has like a full on like this is my fighting shit. (laughs) You know, like now I'm for battle. Yeah, because when I when I think of okay, so when I say a term, right, you have an image in your head, right? If I tell you, Justin, for example, if I tell you Spartan, do you think of a golden helmet? A cape, big shield, yeah, a spear, breastplate, spear, like yeah, flapping, so, you know, screw. yeah, and then yeah, or if you watch Three Hundred, you think Speedo, um, but you know what I mean, right? <laughs> yeah. So samurai, I think of the full armor. I think of the helmet. I think of like you know Darth right. Vader, but not sci-fi. So that's what Kiku represented. So I thought, oh, that's the actual samurai, and all the others, even though they're samurai, they looked more like Ronin to me. So. That's why, like, she stood out to me the most, where she's like, oh, she's fully decked out. She's she's here to fight. She's here to get docks of damage. So that's why she stood out to me aesthetically. But that kind of like- makes the most sense for Kiku as well, because she was pretty young when she joined Odin. So she, she kind of was a samurai from the beginning, whereas mm-hmm. the others were just some hoodlums who joined up with him. Yeah. 
I just wish that, again, I just wish there was less character focus of, like, just characters to be concerned with, because as a whole, the Scabbards, I care more about as the group, and I don't care of them as individuals as much, which yeah. is, to me, a flaw, because I prefer characters more than organizations in fiction. So... That's how I feel, too. None of them particularly stands out. I do like Hinamon quite a bit as a character. Yeah, but that was also after 300, 400 chapters. Yeah, it took a while for me to warm up to Kinemon. Yeah, so again, it's the implementation of how it was done. Again, that's also why when the Chondro turn happened, I'm just like, oh, okay. Because <laughs> I'm just like, whatever, sure. Because there's just so many of the... So many yeah, people that, that's probably like, like the flattest falling reveal in the whole yeah, series. It's kind of like, well, it yeah. was him. I do want to emphasize, I think we've emphasized it already, but I want to do it again. It's not bad or terrible, but in a arc so far that's like full of like A tier, S tier content. This is like the C tier where it's like the scabbards as characters, right? As written characters. See, and <laughs> I I tend to say this stuff is because there's so much potential there that this yeah. this is like basically a whole last manga to itself. Wano is longer than most manga I ever get a chance to be, and <laughs> it's like not quite <laughs> not long enough for as many characters are in it that would need focus to flesh all of them out. Which is it's not even a detriment. It's like you mm -hmm. can't focus on all of them. I'm okay with that. It's not this manga is not about the scabbards. But if possible, at some point, you know, I would have liked to, to care about them a little more. Yeah, I was also I'm also gonna say if Oda and his staff ever decided to just go full on George Lucas and Star Wars and just do every or get just their own spinoff, have less <laughs> of them maybe would have made it easier, perhaps. Right, uh, if we're not going to care about them, maybe they don't all need to be there, etc. Cetera, yeah, et cetera. do we really need need nine samurai? Could we have maybe three? Right, maybe three main guys. To look I, after? I I think there are four roles. Like I said, the four that are that all played a role: Ashura, Doji, yeah. Kawamatsu, Kinemon, and Denjiro actually did individual things in the past and present. Yeah. So in this case, it's quantity over quality, unfortunately. But um. As we'll get into later on in this episode, uh, it was very clear that the attention was focused on one particular character. So, as disappointing as the scabbards were as lost potential, at least that lost potential was not completely, like, dropped into the abyss. It went to somewhere else in the narrative focus. So, and we'll get to that eventually. So, plot-wise, we got, as you mentioned in the pre-recording... The SpongeBob meme with Patrick, where let's just take Bikini Bottom and we'll push it somewhere <laughs> yeah, else. Push it over we there. And we have the new Onikashima project, where it's this is basically our bomb in Arabasa. This is our birdcage in Dressrosa. It's our the timed, countdown. It's the countdown, exactly the final countdown. Well, yeah, and must in this case, defeat X before Y. Yeah, and unlike Dressrosa, when you're when you're wondering. Is Doflamingo actually doing this? Is this bullshit? Like, you're questioning it? This is an emperor of the sea, and you're going, This is oh, fine. This is Yeah, this is a mystical Zoan emperor of the sea. This makes more sense. What he's a not, feat, though. And even then, he's doing less at the same time than uh, Doflamingo did. Because remember, Doflamingo also was making copies of himself. He was holding his organs together after a law, like, completely eviscerated his is inside yeah he, he's the superpower <laughs> swiss army knife yeah and he was able to make these strings with the birdcage that zoro couldn't cut through and i'm just like that's kind of bullshit and fujitora was in there as well there was <laughs> exactly. an admiral swordsman <laughs> yeah i think fujitora you can't call a meteor on top of the birdcage just give it a shot call it from an angle so that if it gets cut up by the birdcage yeah, it that, goes that way that is, <laughs> it is the most bullshit devil fruit in the series no one will ever convince me otherwise Unless yeah. something, you know, new appears later. Despite that, I still love Doflamingo. As I still love Dressrosa. Still yeah, love Dressrosa. Yeah, as fucking flawed as, as he is. is. <laughs> anyway, enough about Doflamingo. Yeah, this one is cool, though. And it's it's an amazing feat that really puts Kaido in that, that tier all of his own. He's yeah. really setting the bar for, like, this is a Yonko, baby. You know, this is what we got. It also just felt like a natural progression of what we saw where it was, like, remember how we were discussing how Wano was seen like this like environmental like pure like peaceful island and then in comes in orochi and kaido and they come in like force industrialization force manual labor slavery to force of to run the factories and it just gets completely like desolate and then the new onigishima project was like the next step where it's like we're just going to completely eviscerate the last standing bastion of wano right which is the flower capital the part the last part of the island that still looks like its original self 
and we're going to smash on this pirate-looking skull on top of it, kill everyone who's celebrating the fire Festival down below, and any survivors are also going to be slaves for the factories, as Kaido and is, Big Bomb. Is this the largest attempted mass genocide in the series? Uh, Present day? I want to say as of we know. Ever. I want to say as if we know. As if we know so far, because I think the world government has that. I I think the second is probably the Buster calling in his lobby, but I don't think there's as many people there as there are. I wasn't referring to that. I was referring to the void, whatever that could be, right? I assume there's a bigger one there. Yeah, that's (laughs) what I'm thinking of, the void in history, that lost kingdom. I'm assuming that's the worst genocide that's being covered up. But ongoing acts of plans of genocide shown? Sure. The Onigashima Project. And the part that I hate, too, is that it's given, like, such, like, an industrial name, too. Like, something that a government would just tell your citizens, like, at a rally where it's like, I'm issuing the new Onigashima Project where we're going to improve industrialization in this sector. The markets. It sounds like such a PC normal thing, but it involves so much death and violence and destruction. Which also just the fucked up part, too, which was very satisfying at the same time was Orochi had no idea about this and felt betrayed. It was, wait, what the fuck? You're going to replace me with your, with a new Shogun? And then before he completes a sentence, before he can get an answer, Kaido just cuts his head off. Right there. Completely raw. Of course he did. I love that chapter. That was such another, like, it was another wonderful example of Kaido's, yeah, of ruthlessness. Where he's he like, he really does not play. Yeah, he wants y'all to know. Like, I'm not here to mess around. You don't backtalk, Kaido. Yeah. Me and Big Mom are gonna for are gonna get like some of the old Rocks crew back together. We're on the Rocks in the next part, hopefully. And we're gonna declare war on the world government, and we're just gonna de- make this whole world of anarchy. Right? Like that's what they want. They want to topple everything, and everything's gonna be just about the strongest will prevail, the weak will suffer. And, you know, it's pure pirate paradise. What they're envisioned as pirate paradise, right? And it involves killing Orochi first off. And I'm just like, well, I liked that part. <laughs> so you got me on that part. But didn't really stick, unfortunately. Unfortunately, it didn't, which we'll get into a little bit more in the next part. But yeah, spoilers. Remember, Orochi is a Hydra. So it didn't really quite finish him off. But for Apparently that they moment. they have no context for that within the world of One Piece. <laughs> Yeah, but for that moment, it was both shocking and satisfying. Still both on a, yeah, for both as a reader, seeing like revelations happen so quickly on a Game of Thrones level, and also just like fuck Orochi. I <laughs> like, actually prefer it. I prefer to believe that they have no context for Hydra because I want to believe that Kaido was just like fuck you and wanted to kill him. <laughs> Yeah, or I just Kaido didn't know would... that you know he was his head was to grow back. That's what or, I wanted. Or Kaido knew that it wouldn't kill him, but was like, ah, fuck it, I just want you to be quiet. <laughs> just shut the hell up for a second. I'm, yeah, I, I'm on see, the spot. I like I like the savage Kaido interpretation. Yeah, definitely. It's it's we'll get. I guess I'll also be for the next part where we talk about Kaido's characterization, which unfortunately isn't too much as of right now, but. It's straightforward, right? It's not nothing too complicated where it's like, yeah, it's about brutality. It's about ruthlessness. And this is straight up just in line with this character. So definitely, that was a definitely satisfying moment. The, the ultimate betrayal of Orochi, yeah. Um, we mentioned it already about the chaos of the samurai invasion. The, <laughs> the ninja, pirate, mink, samurai alliance versus the Kaido, big mom, numbers alliance. And so, how that uh, goes on. Should we address the Okuchi no Makami in the room, <laughs> if you will? Uh, can you get a translator for me? What does that mean? Uh, it's Yamato. <laughs> oh, God damn it. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. I think we covered all the other major details. Of, I guess real quick, uh, we saw a one page of Law talking to himself, you know, talking to Korra that he decided if he wants to find out what the Wheel of D is because we see him uh, ro- roaming around Onigashima and finding one of the Poneglyphs, just not the road one. But he decides he wants to, you know, find out the Void as well or the Wheel of D. One of those two. But we get that real quick. Sorry, I just want to bring that up real quick in case people. Yeah, go, yeah, super you relevant. Mention that key detail. Like, no, we know. Especially There's a because lot of shit. in the coming chapters, we're probably gonna find out a little more about that situation. Probably, yeah, probably. I just want to mention <laughs> that it was revealed here. All right, enough. Let's 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 talk about the Zhao in the room. Okay, let's talk about the perfection 
the new character, the one that I think most of us are in love with in some way or another, because boy, Odin. Kazuki Odin the Magnificent <laughs> returns in the flesh. He's back um, again. He's back, baby. <laughs> um, but this is he one looks piece. Little... We ain't we ain't be dying out here. But he he looks he looks a little different though, Justin. He uh, he looks a, a little, little hotter. He's a little hotter. He doesn't have or a little the, less the... hot, depending on you know what you're into. <laughs> what you're into exactly? Because Odin, we... come on, don't get me wrong. You know, yeah, Odin l- be looking l- good. Listen, as a heterosexual cis male, yeah. Kazuki Odin o- in Odin the flashback. He can get like, it, ev- right? Come on. But yeah, also... Everyone knows this. But Yamato also, can yeah, also, also get it. As, also, as a heterosexual cis male, Yamato, though. <laughs> so, enough of the simping aside. Um, Yamato's introduction was, like, at first, right? It's intentional uh, blindside. Where the first time we have the name drop, it's Kaido mentioning... Oh, my son is no longer here, right? I want the Tori Rapo. I want you guys to find him, bring him to me, because my plan, the Onigashima Project, involves installing him as the sh- the the puppet shogun. What, right, a, what a wild reveal to randomly throw in to Act Three. Yeah, I, like, we oh, we obviously shit. like we, we skipped it, but yeah, this was just maybe like what a fifteen or so chapter mystery buildup where he said, "Oh, like I need you to find my son," and everyone, yeah, goes, and you're what like the a fuck? pirate emperor, yeah. <laughs> so Big Mom has the big family of kids, but that kind of came with the territory of like, oh, this is her character, right? And all the kids, it's, it's expected in the name. Together. When you hear Big Mom, you expect her to have kids, exactly. And then Kaido, you're just seeing like this big brute, like barbarian. You're like, oh shit, this guy means business. You don't think family. And then he says he has a son, and you're going, oh, fuck, this must be serious fucking business. What is this going to mean? And it wasn't what I expected. And then it's twisted again when the son appears. It's not really a son necessarily, and he's not even on Kaido's side. <laughs> They're on our side. It was, it was a wild. It was such a wild ride all the way front to back to when Yamato finally appeared. Yeah, so I wanted to clarify, too, I did uh, mention this in our, I think it was our Chira, Akira Odin uh, origin episode, uh, where we talked about the uh, the, uh, the the pre the the pilot works that he did before One Piece. Yeah. Um. Unfortunately, I was spoiled of the name Yamato as well as the character look before actually getting to this part. It's one of the few spoilers I was exposed to, and it was no one's fault. It was literally me browsing the My Hero Academia subreddit, <laughs> where someone posted a really cool crossover fan art. With Deku, the main character from My Hero, and Yamato from One Piece. And I'm Which, like, what a weird mashup. It's a weird mashup, but hey, it was cool fan art. And I'm, I had a cut, I, w- I came to you clean. I'm just going, bro, I know who this character is. Also, I saw that name trending on Twitter a few times. So I know what they look like now. Yeah, Yamato so made a I, big splash. Yeah. So imagine my confusion too when I hear Kaido mention Yamato, my son, and I'm going, are there two Yamatos? Wait, what? Because <laughs> I thought Yamato was a girl. What the uh, fuck? That's funny. So I'm getting extra confused. And then uh, Yamato's introduction, like actual first page introduction, is Ulti and page one fighting Luffy. And then Yamato just one-shotting Ulti, just clubbing right upside the head. And you having like this cool stance that reminded me of um, any like Master Swordsman, like Cloud or Guts. That have like the giant sword, right? But they wield it with one hand because they're so strong. The skyscraper they, swordsman, huh? Yeah, they, but she wielded the club on her back like that. And I'm just like, oh shit, this is a cool badass. And they're huge, right? So I'm like, what's going on? But they're also really polite because they just pick up Luffy and they go, sorry, but I have to talk to you in private. <laughs> <They're> like, Wait, <laughs> yeah. what? What is going on? And then what you mentioned as well with the reveal of like Yamato but I'm actually Kazuki Odin. Wait, what? And then Luffy's confused, too. I thought you were a son, and then we get that full panel shot of Yamato. I'm just like, Oda, you can't keep doing this, okay? You gave us Nami, first and foremost. Then you gave us Robin, okay? Now you're giving us Yamato. You, you can't, dude. This is too much, right? You're, you're, you're spoiling us with best girls. You can't do this. I had to try to explain it in that one episode where One Piece is one of the few series that has two best girls at once, which is almost impossible, because usually you always have one, and that's it. Now we have three, Justin. Potentially. Potentially. 
I, I'm saying three. I know you're saying potentially be safe. I'm one of those people that's like, ah, no, that it's confirmed at this. It's point. just I never want to take anything for granted in One Piece. And while it it seems like she's gonna join most definitely, that's why I can't fully commit to saying that she is. For the record, for those curious, uh, as a recording, uh, chapter ten fifty three is the last chapter that came out, and now we're in the month long void waiting for Oda to rest and also, up. And real quick, I think we addressed this in our our pre recording for Patreon. But um, I am saying she to refer to Yamato as the Viver card says because I'm. Right. It is it intentionally we think very confusing what yes. Yamato's gender identity is. But mm-hmm. I am predicting that it's gonna go a certain way. I think a lot of people kind of are what this character is gonna be. So it's I'm kind of the f- she her for now. Yeah, it's kind of the fun with this character. Like usually it's supposed to be like a very touchy subject where you want to get like someone's identity confirmed, right? Like anyone who's transgender, for example, right? If you're born cis male, but you uh, transitioned into a female, you always want to try and, you know, clarify it, right? Like, oh, please call me she, but usually you're tolerant, right? They, if you're not sure. But in this case, it seems intentional to be very confusing, right? It's like, okay, she's born cis female, right? She looks female, but she's identifying as male. The beast pirates are calling him he, right? As the son. And... Yamato, when he's referring to himself as Kazuki Odin, he brings in the he, him pronouns too. And even in the Road to uh, Raftel, Road to Laugh God, I keep getting the names mixed match. Um, <laughs> Road to Laugh Part 3 that actually came out earlier today at, before this recording, it goes into detail about Yamato's like blueprint stages of Oda like figuring out like what to do with Yamato. And it actually seems like the identity and pronoun usage is actually a big part of the character. Because even in the alpha stages was like, okay, like, I don't know what the Japanese pronouns are, but it's, there's some equivalent where it's like, I want to use these pronouns instead of like he, him or she, her. I I found it interesting that there was a, a a version of Yamato that wielded a sword. Oh, that was pretty cool. (laughs) I much prefer the club because I think Zoro is the swordsman. So I don't want a, a plus Brooke too, but I, we needed a club, right? We needed a blunt instrument on the team. We needed something a little more diverse. And plus, it fits because... Hey, don't all... sleep on my Usopp hammer, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Usopp hammer. But um, also, it makes more sense because, after all, if they're a descendant from Kaido, it makes sense that they were trained to use the same weapon as him, same attack. Um, But, yeah, going back to the potential for storytelling, that this seems to be very intentional where even breaking the fourth wall, right? Where the beast pirates are calling him, he, him, uh, Luffy being confused. And then when the, like, as you mentioned, the box, when they introduce Yamato, it says Kaido's daughter, not son. So it's intentionally very confusing to the point where a lot of people are getting, you know, understandably. So a little upset on social media where it's like, no, this is the correct pronoun. And what me and you are saying, me and you, Justin is, I think that's the point. We're not sure. This is the potential for Yamato's okay, so character if going we, forward. If we, if we spell out a little more, I, we feel like this character arc is going to go to where Yamato kind of learns to be themselves, right? Yeah, exactly. It's I would expect, because if it doesn't, then I feel like it can be, or it could be, uh, what's the word, like, seen as a little jokey, if not, where she just continues being older the rest of her life. I think that's a little I, weird, right? If, yeah, if it continues like that the whole time, I really hope not. Yeah, because... Yeah, I, w- I would not like that, and I don't think anyone would, to be honest. No one would, yeah. It would almost be seen as offensive, right? Where it's like... You're exactly. Kind of it off it's as a the point where it's, it's not, like... I don't think that's a good idea. Yeah, and we have to call it out, because, you know, we call out, like, the tropes that we use for Sanji, for example, right? Where it's like, oh, we get it, like, perverted, but hey, maybe there's a chance for development. But hey, if there's no development for 800 chapters, it's going to get slow. But luckily, we're finally starting to see that. For Yamato's case, I just don't want to see another Sanji where it's like we're getting such a delayed development, especially because we're supposedly we're in the end game now for One Piece. Supposedly like the last like 500 chapters. That's what they've said, right? The last third, which I guess isn't that much when you think about it, because it's still 500 fucking chapters. Most which series is quite, that a long. Lot, quite a lot. <laughs> but with about of lore that's in One Piece, you still get worried that is there enough time to go through everything still on the way to the One Piece? Right, I would say I I feel like there is as long as there's no more Wano's, you know. We need yeah, like I we need a couple more. What's like a, the good in between arcs? Maybe like Zunisha. yeah, I mean you you can fit in quite a few Alabastas, you know, in there in that 500 chapter stretch. I like how you picked the former longest arc. <laughs> before I mean, us, even I so, like it's so much shorter in comparison. Like 
that as you think about it like that, it seems like there might be enough time to wrap it up, right? Yes, I'm you thinking can fit in five to six you, alabastas or... plus a couple filler arcs. Yeah, what I'm thinking is you, where I'm like, don't give me a 150 chapter arc with a shit ton of plot. If you're going to do that, don't make it 150 chapters. You can stick with 60. 60 is a good chunk. That's, think of Skypia, right? That's, that's a long fucking arc. Yeah. <laughs> Wano is three of them. <laughs> <laughs> um, my point being is there's still time and potential to have a really fucking good character arc with Yamato discovering who they are, right? It doesn't necessarily have to be about, uh, like, a transgender approach. Like me and you said, it looks more like a literal identity crisis where they idolize Kazuki Odin so much because they yearn for freedom away from Kaido, right? Away from the cups, yeah, and they're, away they're from Wano. Yeah, they're failing to, like, extricate that from the idea of Odin. Yeah, and they love Odin so much that they're... They're taking their, uh, they're taking his D and D list of like, what are all your stats in your summary? And then you go to the sex part and you see the M. And then Yamato goes, "Okay, I'm gonna do that too." Right? It it doesn't necessarily feel like it could be, like again, like the sex change is needed. However, if Oda were to go that path, like if they were to go fully commit, fuck it, that could be great too. The point being, there's so much potential for Yamato storytelling. That it could go either way, where it's like, will they commit completely to being Kazuki Odin? Will they commit to realizing that there's nothing ashamed of who they are, right? Yamato, it matters on who you are now, not who, like, who your parents were, right? And that's why I mentioned to you multiple times, uh, post and pre-recording, post outside recording, is if Oda was trying to save time, there is a really fucking good potential that we could have a repeat of Ini's Lobby, where we had development for Usopp and Robin, right? Robin being the now-confirmed straw hat during that mm -hmm. arc. And then Usopp having a huge revelation, a huge jump in development. We could have that for Yamato and Sanji at the same time. Two characters that are going through identity crisis following, hey, we both have very shitty fucking dads, right? And we're kind of ashamed of our names. True. Sanji hates being called a Vinsmoke. He looks at his Wanda poster and goes, why did they do this to me? He doesn't want to be associated with his family whatsoever. And we're going to get more detail later on in the next arc. He's scared of what his genetics are ma making him turn out to be, where he's asking Zoro to fucking kill him if he goes too far. And Yamato is someone who's like, I yearn to be someone else. I yearn to be this person in this journal, right? Kazuki Odin, because this is what freedom means. But they're not sure of who they are as Yamato, because they're, Yamato is always a prisoner, a shadow of Kaido, someone who is always beaten right, for wanting anything more than get out of their cuffs to be a, to be a pawn. So if we ever got an Eni's Lobby 2.0, not it, not an Arlong Park 2.0, an Eni's Lobby 2.0, we could have a two-for-one where Sanji, the character that needs development, further development the most, right, that final uh, redemption, that final growth, that whole kick island started, and we could have a, uh, a, like a burst with Yamato, that can be wrapped up in one single arc, and I could see that totally happening. That's my biggest hope for Yamato's yeah. story potential. But like I said, there's so much potential for this character because she's she they she they he they're a lot of fun. Because before recording, I shared uh, with Justin in the Discord like the help with the notes. Almost like every single panel Yamato is a part of. Because holy shit, there's a lot of shit that Yamato knows <laughs> and is a part of. Oda does a really fucking good job with her expressions, their smile, his like his um his worries, his concerns. I went for all three there. Do you notice that? Um, <laughs> their obsession, their idolization with Odin, to the point where it's scaring like Momonosuke. There's a part where Yamato is uh, sent by uh, Luffy after he <laughs> hilariously freed uh freed them from their explosive cuffs. Right, and then Yamato's like he was gonna fucking kill me, that son of a bitch. <laughs> yeah, <I like> that. <laughs> Such a great panel. But then Luffy tells him, like, hey, if you want to help us out, get Momo out of here. And then there's, like, that moment where Momo is trying to catch up to... Sorry. Yamato is trying to catch up to Momo and, um... Uh, uh, Shinobu? Shinobi? Shinobu. What's her? Shinobu, thank you. Um, and they're just fleeing because they just say... They, they think she's a beast pirate, right? They, she's got the horn. She's running after him. She's big. She's scary. Makes she's sense. intimidating. Um... And they're just like, please, I'm Kazuki Odin. And then they're now they're freaked out because, oh, they're insane. Let's keep running. <laughs> so there's all this potential of like, yeah, like the, the, the lack of identity of who you are or who you want to be 
is actually like a detriment. So I hope they really do expand on it. And Oda's doing a really good job making this as confusing as possible, but also intriguing at the same time. So while we're talking about how the scabbards didn't get that attention, that characterization, I really do feel like these couple few chapters that Yamato has been a part of has just like skyrocketed their interest in the fan base. Where I'm just like, I think we all are curious what Oda's going to do with this character. Because yeah. the potential is on this. Sorry if I've been rambling on for too long. I just, this is like no, one of the strongest. No, you pretty much things. hit the nail on the head though. There does, <laughs> like, we needed some clarification. Just in general, we need to know what's going on. Like, I'm totally cool with whatever is going on with Yamato. But I want Yamato to be Yamato, not yeah. Odin. Yeah, the biggest potential. Yeah, that's the biggest hope. But yeah, if again, if Oda decides to go for the 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 transgender storytelling approach, hell yeah, fucking go for it, dude. But the biggest potential is what I mentioned earlier with her. And yeah, Sonic I, I actually I feel like maybe the gender fluidity might remain because I I just I do. Yeah, fuck it. I, I I'm leaning towards Yamato is still going to join. I will say that, and I'm uh-huh. taking an epithet bet that uh, his slash them slash her. Epithet is going to be Prince of Beasts, right? A la Kaido. Ooh. When they get their first bounty. That's my bet. Yeah. I'm calling it now. <laughs> the Prince of Beasts. I kind of like that. <laughs> I actually do like that. And then, and then you have a little moment, too, where it's like, but wait, didn't you drop the Odin thing? And then Yamato just goes, yeah, fuck it. <laughs> it sounds cool. <laughs> um, On a smaller note, I think we kind of touched on it a little, too, but the overall character design of Yamato. Fucking great design holy shit we mentioned how like right the ki- they hold oh, the yeah. staff they hold the club like a skyscraper weapon so you can drip you check down so yeah that imposing counts. stance you got the horns that stand out and in the manga you can we mentioned how ulti had like the different color hair and you can kind of tell in the manga in the manga same thing with uh yamato's hair it's like a beast pirate aesthetic right where you have like different colored hair but when you when i saw the anime and i actually saw like the actual or the, the fan art when i first saw her and i'm like holy shit, this is, like, really fucking cool hair design. What the hell? It's, like, white hair on top, and then it dissolves into, what is it, like, teal and then pink? Yeah, it's what, like the what? Senku kind of, right? Like, the greenish blue. Yeah, so, like, it's, like, a completely different, like, look aesthetically. And then you still have the same, um, what's it called? The, uh, it's the same wrap that Odin has. It's, like, what Samurai has. It's, like, huge. Do you know the name of that? I think I it matched It escapes me. I think I asked that last episode too. It's the it's the belt, okay? It's the rope belt thing. I keep on um, wanting to say how old are you, but I'm pretty sure that's wrong. <laughs> but yeah, everything. Whenever she's on the panel on the page, I I really hope it's not me simping out, but I really do think she steals the spotlight because it is just a really strong character design. Because also, big eyelashes really stands out. It, it draws attention to the eyes, right? Even though it's a black and white panel. Um. Also, the orange is a different color, too. Sorry. Okay, now I'm going to sip in mode. I'm sorry. But um, I, I have to be honest. But, yeah, everything about this character really stands out. Um, cannot wait to see the potential future for this character. Oh, we didn't fucking mention the, the story importance here at the end of this part, right? Where she's talking oh, yeah. to Momo. Where she shares the journal where we mentioned episode 1015 did this scene so much fucking justice. And that's why I'm just like, what a great way, way to great first that. episode for me to watch because yeah. the, <laughs> you mentioned it too. For example, the dream sequence, right? You know what I want to talk about, right? Where uh, Yamato is thinking of the words that um, Luffy said because this is when this is the flashback where they revealed that they met Ace, right? Ace showed up to the island. He wanted to kill Kaido. They had a quick sparring. And they end up drinking, getting along, because, you know, that's what, that's what pirates do, right? They fight for a couple hours, and then they get along because they're at a stalemate, right? It's a very one-piece pirate thing to do. Um, or it's at least a very Gold Roger thing to do. Or even a Will of D thing to do. Anyway, thoughts on that. So, then we have Ace, like, accidentally, because he's getting drunk, right? He accidentally reveals what something that Luffy, right, his little brother, said to him and Sabo. And we don't hear those words. And then he gets embarrassed, like, oh, don't tell anyone I told you that. That's not meant. But Yamato has a very different reaction. It's and almost it's, like it's implied shock. that it's a little funny or maybe just really maybe, unrealistically unachievable. Yeah, it's, it's like maybe overly idealistic, maybe, right? Right. Or too yeah, naive. something to that effect. Mm-hmm. We don't know. But the important thing that we did learn from this, and is again, beautifully shown in the anime. If you don't watch the anime, if you're a manga reader only, like most like me, episode. 1015, 
right just watch that one episode i did the same thing it is a gorgeous one of the i i don't have any fucking references to the other anime but i think i can safely say it's one of the best episodes that one piece produced uh what that potoe produced because the storyboarding the colors the music the pacing the characterization and the little actions that yamato and ace do so perfectly done sorry back to the manga um the connection that yamato makes is those words that you just told me ace those are the same words that Odin wrote that Gold Roger said. Actually, she said a great man. She didn't say Gold yeah, Roger. Yeah, she avoided but we know. saying it. Right. And this is when the anime shows, right, the colors, right, where I think it was Roger being red and then and Luffy, Luffy being blue. blue running towards Roger about to say the exact same thing at the same time. You see Yamato just, like, kind of, like, meshing with the two colors, right, like, kind of clashing. But then they snap at once, and then the epiphany hits them. Such a beautiful moment. I know we're talking about the manga, but holy shit. Again, episode 1015. So fucking great. You gotta appreciate um, that artistry. Even, okay, I'll compromise. I, ha- I don't have much time, Jacob. I don't want to watch a 25-minute episode of a series that I love reading the manga for, but not watching the anime. Then look up Dream Sequence 1015, okay? Three minutes long. <laughs> I think it's three minutes long. It's, again, it's such a good fucking scene. You have to watch it. Um, and it's incredibly important because this is the moment where Yamato realizes, because, again, like they have this love and appreciation for Kazuki Odin, this story that we went into great detail last episode. He left Wano sailing with the great pirate to go on an adventures. Oh, Luffy is going to be my white beard, my gold roger. I have to sail with Luffy. That's why I, I said 99% pre-recording, Justin. I actually 100%. Yamato is going to be with the Straw Hats because they would not put, Oda wouldn't put this not much attention wood. and focus um, for Yamato to want to join the crew. If they're doing all this buildup and character words, like I directly spoke to Ace. I believe in this destiny kind of I thing. I mean, she even had a flashback. <laughs> she had arc. a flashback <laughs> where it was, and again, Toei is going all... <laughs> I keep saying I'm not going to focus so much on the anime, but it's like, one more last note. Toei, I think, is as strongly as a believer as I am on this because they're working so hard to make you love Yamato so fucking hard <laughs> where they're giving you all this emotional scenes and colors and moments. And I'm just like, yeah, I think Toei is, is a big a fan of Yamato as... Um, shit, what's the studio that does My Hero? Fuck it. That studio Bones. that loves Froppy. <laughs> bones That's thank bones. you yeah bones loves froppy as much as uh toei loves yamato okay there's very clear bias whenever froppy has a scene in right. the my hero anime they're gonna get a little extra um filler screen time they're gonna get extra uh quality in their action scenes <laughs> they're gonna get a little extra quality and then toei is like you know that froppy thing you guys like? Yeah, you know what? That's not good enough. You guys are being like such pussies, okay? You gotta do ten fifteen, okay? Here's what you do. <laughs> here's the storyboarding. Here's the creativity. Go for it. So, God. So, in case you haven't realized, I kind of like Yamato a little bit. So, just a, l- a little bit. I think it's just coming a through bit. a little bit. Just a little bit. So... And I know we said up to chapter 1000. And also, yeah, that flashback was in chapter 1000. So we did it, hit it. So Yamato cannot fucking wait more. I know we already said joining Straw Hats, ten chapter 1053. Uh, we'll obviously get into more detail when that moment actually hits, as we said a lot in this episode. But that's kind of the main thing. Because next part, which should be chapters 1000 to... 1053 that's the plan anyway no promises though because again wano is super fucking dense but we really hope to get those last 53 chapters as of right now because officially act three has not concluded the curtains have not closed right not officially not but the theory that me and justin both have is um oda decided to take a month-long break at this point in the manga and there is a moment of pause a moment of relief a little bit so it tells me and Justin that, oh, this is post-Wano, but it's still titled Act 3. It's similar to what happened in Dressrosa, right? Where it's still 80-ish. I forgot how long Dressrosa was. It was How long was Dressrosa? Was it 80 chapters? 100 chapters? Yeah, in that ballpark. In that ballpark. The last 10 chapters felt like post-Dressrosa, right? But it wasn't titled that. Like It wasn't like post-Eni's uh, Lobby. It wasn't post-Marine uh, Ford. It was just called Dress Rosa still, but the fans still technically called, prefer that as like 
post Dress Rosa, right? It's the build up for the next part. It's the sailing away portion. And that's kind of like where Wano is about to start. And depending on how good or actually how bad, uh, you know, no promises there. I'm, I'm guessing it's going to be good, but there's always that fear, right? That it doesn't land the, stick the landing. But yeah, hopefully post Wano nails it because as of right now, we're going to get to 1053, which is about the technicality of where Act 3, in quote, ends, if that yeah. makes sense. So we're going to try and go for that next time. Um, Did I miss anything? Did I... Did I get that? <laughs> Try to get I think I think we're, we're we're okay. You know, I think we're okay. We spent twenty five minutes uh, appreciating Yamato. Um, rightfully so. Great character. Oda, please don't disappoint me. I spent twenty five minutes appreciating the character. Please don't disappoint me. <laughs> I have high <laughs> hopes for this character. Um, we'll see. As, as basically as high hopes as I had for Nami and Robin. Let's just say that. And I don't have other arcs in the future to read on to confirm my suspicions. Right away, I have to wait like the rest of you guys now. So that part's going to fucking kill me. Um, where can they find you, Justin, if they had questions on the Dumpling Sniper? You could find me on a Twitter at Jitsu. It's J-I-T-S-Z-U. And how about yourself, Jacob? Where can they find you? They can find me at Jacob Miranda on Twitter. That is J-A-C-O-B-M-E-R-E-N-D-A. All lowercase, all one word. Uh, if you would love to... Uh, if you would like to, we would love if you left a review for us on Spotify, iTunes. I know the mobile version has a five-star rating system. That's convenient. However, if you want to leave a written review, we appreciate that the most. It gives us a big testosterone boost, similar to like the scene oh, yeah. where Yamato had that epiphany where they're just like, <gasps> right? Where they made the realization that, oh, Luffy and Gold Roger, same dream. We have that same reaction whenever we get a written review. It feels so good, right? Maybe not a one-for-one analogy, but you get what I mean, right? It works. Similar enough expression. You can also donate to our Patreon to become a an OP member of the Discord. You don't need to donate, though, to join the Discord if you want to just join in on our discussions, especially as the live-action Netflix One Piece series comes closer and closer as we're getting more and more teasers and trailers and information. There's also the Odyssey video game. There's also the film Red that will be coming out in, I think, a few weeks in Japan and a couple months in the United States or in the West, I guess. So Discord is going to be a lot more active when those, any of those things come out and also when One Piece returns. So feel free to join us there. We love talking to new members. We love talking shit. We love talking about uh, one of our members was going through Dark Souls 1 for the first time. That was a great experience getting their raw, raw uh, reactions going through. Oh, uh, Justin, did you want to bring up our patrons by any chance? Yeah, I was going to say, now that we're there, might as well mention we wanted to thank those uh, patrons that are over there in our Discord. For being with us since day one, Lucas, Justino, and Trafalgar Wolfwood. And then we also wanted to thank our newest patron, Jan Lenson. Thank you so much. Really appreciate it. If you want to be cool like them, hop on over to our Patreon. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, we definitely do appreciate just honestly, just joining the Discord and just chatting with us. It makes us feel like it's a small community, but it's feeling like a really tight-knit. Um, we, we did the uh, live stream on Twitch a couple weeks ago, but we will try and find time. It's really difficult for us. I do mean that sincerely. We don't, we don't want to avoid you guys. We love talking One Piece. We love <laughs> hanging out. Yeah. But real life, you know, I'm not going to go into too much detail, but real life, it's prevented us from finding a lot of time to uh, finding time to hang out with you guys and record, even recording our episodes, you know. So thank you very much for sticking around and you know, chatting with us and hanging around and listening to us as well. Uh, so, I believe that's it, right? I believe so. Thank you guys for listening. Thanks for coming. Thanks for chatting. Thanks for talking to us. Thanks for listening to the show and being a part of our community, even in whatever small way you are. We will see you guys next time on our Wano Part 3 of Act 3 discussion. Bye-bye. <laughs>